three, two, and one. All right, guys, Ozweenie here. Another episode of Cripes and Cranberries coming at you. So, quick discussion about this whole mic thing again. So, I did attempt to record an episode um, of my podcast with my Blue Yeti mic on Anchor.com uh, using my MacBook. Unfortunately, uh, Safari apparently has a certain limit. Um, that browser had a limit of five minutes or something, and that's just ludicrous. I'm not going to record a five-minute podcast episode. Um, I'll record a 20-minute podcast episode. I'll record an hour podcast episode, but I'm not going to waste my time with five minutes. Uh, And your time, right? Frankly, I mean, whatever I got to say is not so important that I can cover it in five minutes. Uh, Additionally, for this episode, I've decided to not add background noise. Uh, In the beginning, I thought that that was kind of clever and made the sound flow better. Uh, And I think it does sometimes, but I've I've rewatched some of my episodes. And along with disappointment because I haven't gotten my Yeti mic to work uh, on my MacBook, uh, I think the sound takes away a little bit from the story. So we're going to go this one without any background noise, ambient sound. And if I hate it, then we know that we don't do that the next time. It's just trial and error. Again, here we go. You know the deal. Beanbag chair, man cave, thinking about shit going on in my life. And I want to talk a little bit about mental health and narcissism. So, uh, obviously, a mental health episode uh, would require much more time than I'm going to divulge today uh, or dedicate today. See how I'm always using wrong words to try to sound smart? I mean, sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. Uh, we know, you know the rules. Here we go. So, I was thinking a lot about it today, and I often think about this because uh, I've Again, here we go. I've tweeted it. You know how it goes. I've tweeted it before. I've seen the reactions. And I know how people feel about this subject. And it's polarizing. And I'm probably the most polarizing person I know. And I bet if you ask anyone who knows me in college or in high school or in the real... Maybe not the real world because I don't want to get, you know... I don't want my professional career coinciding with what I say on the internet, uh, which is why also I've taken what I say on the internet much more seriously now. Uh, I cite my sources on Twitter. I speak scientifically. I speak factually. Yeah, I tell jokes, whatever. I be funny. Uh, But I don't speak on things that I don't know about. And if I don't know enough about it, I cite a website. I cite a source on the tweet or I cite something. So there's evidence there. I'm not really in the business of having my foot in my mouth. I've had that happen more than once. Any, but, but opinions are always welcome, right? I mean, we can have opinions. We don't have to... You don't have to always have peer-reviewed articles to tweet out an opinion. Now, your opinion could be wrong, but of course, that is what it is. Uh, it's your opinion, and you're entitled to it. So, mental health, my my bracket I'm focusing on narcissism 
and it's it's for me. It's not for anybody else because I'm not a, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not in any position to give people psychological advice. I can give you just advice as a human, uh, but to tell you what to do to curb any psychological issue would be uh, reckless and dangerous of me. Not being a professional, you should go seek professional help from somebody. So do not take this as a uh, a call to action. Um, do not take my advice. Uh, if you are seriously mentally ill, go seek professional help. That's my uh, <laughs> my little uh, save my ass saying there. Uh, so anyway, I've noticed, and like I said, I've tweeted it so I know the reaction. Everybody wants to help the mentally ill. And I, I want to say around 2013 to 2016, maybe 17, to huge spikes in interests of like helping the mentally ill and people not being scared to admit, yeah, I've got issues, and I I speak to somebody, and I'm 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 struggling with this, I'm struggling with that. And I think it's good that people come out and say those things. I don't think it's healthy. To be like, to white knuckle your sobriety or your mental health. I don't think that's a good strategy. I think even talking about it, even if you're not seeking help professionally, I think even just talking about it is good. It's good to talk in general. I don't think it's... I think most people would agree that bottling things up usually is not a a recipe for success in anything. Mental health being one of the major things it's not good for. So, me personally, I mean, I haven't been, I have not been diagnosed with anything. I've never been to a psychiatrist. I've been to a few psychologists, counselors, social workers, never a psychiatrist. But I've always said that people love to help mentally ill people so long as the mentally ill people fit in a box. Now, that's Get ready now, because I'm going to start talking. So, an- anxious people. I have anxiety. I have terrible anxiety. Driving scares me to death. I oftentimes think that I'm going to lose my sight when I drive, and I'm going to pass out. I don't know why I feel that way, but it's 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 gotten so bad, I've had to pull, pull my car over. Uh, terrible anxiety. I have anxiety when I work out. I think my heart's going to be too fast. I'm going to have a heart attack. Like, I have very bad anxiety. It's... I fear I fear dying, as you guys know. So very bad anxiety. I don't take anything for it. Maybe I should, but I don't. Um, I wouldn't say that I have depression, but I get sad a lot. Uh, I've been through a lot, but a lot of people have been through a lot. So it's not really, that doesn't really make me me unique. I've been through some unique things, and those things have happened somewhat recently, and those things have kind of shaped the way I have I now view the world, and in some way have made me better for it. But I still wish they wouldn't have happened because some of the things that happened to me truly were. There's a certain level of trauma, you know, that you really can't describe the feeling and it's hard to even describe it 
And those things are usually deaths or illnesses or trouble with the law or something. It could be anything. A very traumatic event. And oftentimes those things can be constructive. They can benefit your life. They can create somewhat of an awakening like, damn, dude, how did we get here? Oh, this is how we got here. I'm being an idiot. I need to change this, this, and this. Or it can make you bitter and you can say, you know what? Now it's me against the world. And I had that mentality for a while. I can tell you it's not the right one to have. Uh, It just drains you or it drains me. Maybe that works for some people. For me, it, it did not work. It hasn't worked as a lifestyle choice. Anyway, we're rambling again. See, you know the rules for rambling. So... People like to help mentally ill people as long as they fit in those boxes because a lot of people experience the same, you know, mental problems. A lot of people are anxious. A lot of people get depressed. A lot of people, and this is, this is in no way diminishing the severity of those things. We take it very seriously. Uh, PTSD even, there's some, they're more common than you would think, which is not good, but those are the facts. But when it comes to helping people who have other types of mental illnesses, people aren't as kind to them, right? Because, you know, in my opinion, as someone who studied psychology for, you know, four years, six years, you know, I'm a lifelong student, kind of. That's uh, what I went to college for initially. It, it kind of, it rubs me kind of the wrong way if I hear people wanting to help those who have anxiety, but shun those who are antisocial, you know, they all need help. If someone has antisocial personality disorder, a conduct disorder, uh, psychopathy, you know, a, a certain, like, unless you're a psychopath or a sociopath, I mean, there are, there are people probably beyond helping, but we don't know that, right? I mean, you don't know that from the, the get go. You'd have to, spend a lot of time to then realize this person's too far gone. But I don't think people are very very uh excited or very motivated to help those who have mental illnesses that are actually more dangerous, like a sociopath or a psychopath or even someone with like manic depression who can kind of go off the rails at times. Those are the people, you know, we people don't like to really like touch, you know, they're like, I don't know about them, you know, they need more intense therapy, which is probably true. But I think that it's, it's mistaken to not allow those people to fit in the box too. You know, you should be just as concerned about someone who's a sociopath as you are someone with anxiety. Now, now the person with anxiety is probably not going to take advantage, take advantage of you and possibly hurt you. And, you know, in some cases, you just need to be smart, smart enough to realize that if you're dealing with somebody who's got those personality defects, they've got, they've got an agenda. And that's why I, I, again, I say, if you're dealing with somebody at that level, you know, you shouldn't be dealing with them unless you were a professional. I could not deal with them. Uh, not saying you should, but in any, in any case, I'm just saying, it seems like they, kind of fall to the wayside. And it's, it's, it's honestly because they cause crime. 
you know, we don't look at people with anxiety and depression as people who commit crime, uh, even though they, they could. I'm sure they do. Uh, but we don't look at them the same way we look at someone who commits crime, you know, like a like a sociopath or a pedophile or a psychopath. I mean, those are all, there's all something, all three of those people have something in their brain that's not functioning correctly. I think we can agree on that. Now, the treatment and all that, we probably all have different opinions, I'm sure. But I've had, you know, kind of a battle with narcissism for a long time. And it's undiagnosed, but I'm not stupid. And I know that it's not normal for me to feel aloof and above all so often. And I think these type of conversations are important because, you know, only when you're honest with yourself about your flaws and how to fix them and what you've done wrong and how to do better, can you actually do better? You know, I could sit here all day and just lie and say, well, I'm not, I'm not selfish. I'm not this. I'm not that. I don't need to fix myself. I have a good job. I work, you know, I eat healthy and I, I'm going to live a long time. And, you know, uh, girls like me and you know, it doesn't mean anything. There's so much more going on in your psyche and your heart and your soul. There's more to it than just that. Even though I mean, I like the superficial, but there's more, there's more to it than that. Everybody knows that. If I didn't know that, I'd have to be some type of, you'd have to be some type of psychopath not to realize there's more than that. And oftentimes it's, that's not the important thing at all. But I've, I've battled with it. I, I hesitate to even call it narcissism because it's undiagnosed. So somebody is going to be like, well, you're not diagnosed. How do you know it's not just, you know, general, what, general arrogant disorder, you know, another form of GAD, like general anxiety, but general arrogant disorder, maybe. But, but I have addressed those issues in my life. And it's part of the reason I started my podcast. And I even exposed myself recently to other people's podcasts that I don't really like. I don't really agree with their point of views. I've been watching debates and podcasts and discussions from people who I don't necessarily agree with to try to expose myself to these other worldviews so I can kind of like take that in and say, okay, why don't I agree with them? Where are we coming from? Are your opinions valid? Yes. Do you have a right to not be attacked for your opinions? Yes, you have free speech and you should be respected in that regard. However, however, I believe what you think is wrong, respectively. That's how I'm kind of learning to speak because for a long time I would sort of dismiss people who I didn't agree with. And I think it's a side effect of kind of a narcissist. It's a narcissistic way of viewing things. You know, uh, even the way I eat and the way I work out, the way I look, the things I do, I try not to make everything a competition even though... I believe competition is good and it motivates me to do well. If it makes someone like me look down on others and I don't like that because it makes me unhappy because I don't want to be that person. You know, I don't want to have somebody have something good happen in their life and me feel like I can't be happy for them because 
now I have to one-up them. But that's where my brain will go. And that's not good. And I don't like that. So now I'm learning to try to embrace being happy for other people, even though they might not always be happy for me. And that's a real hard pill to swallow for someone like me. Because, you know, people, I need so little encouragement. You know, I, I really, sometimes you feel like no one's happy for you. And that's not true. You know you have friends. And, so, and I feel very bad for those who don't. I mean, I'm sure there are people who don't have anybody and I feel terrible. I, mean, I feel lonely a lot, but not to that degree. I know I've got friends. I know I've got people who've got my back. But it's hard sometimes when you feel that way because you'll feel as if no one's happy for your accomplishments. And I always had a hard time accepting the fact that not everybody in the world cares about what I do. Right, I just kind of had this epiphany a couple days ago. It was sort of like you might do great things in your life and you might think they're great. But John down the road has got a couple kids and a wife and and a mortgage to pay and he could give a damn what you did in college. And that's Again, that punch in the mouth I talked about in the other episode. It's hard for me to envision that as truth, but it is. You know, I might feel very proud of the things that I did, the things that I'm doing. I might feel like they were great and that they should be celebrated and that everybody cares. But in reality, no one really cares that much. Some people do. Those who were involved might care. You might tell a story and they might and the, and a random person might might think it's cool and they might care for a while, but they will forget when they have to go buy groceries because they will be more worried about what they're buying than what you did and it's again it's 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 very hard for me to accept something like that and I will think the things that I did in college were are great, and the things that I have done in my life are pretty great. For the, for the average person who's not famous and influencing the world. But even the people, and this is what made me a humbling moment instantly. I was like, damn. I was like, holy shit. Even the great people who influence the world, they're kind of forgotten about sometimes. And I realize, you know, not everyone's going to go through life constantly thinking about other people's accomplishments because everyone's got their life to worry about. I hinted on that and we talked about that in, in the quarter life crisis video. But could you imagine being someone who, someone like LeBron James? And there are people out there who just don't give a damn about LeBron. And man, if I was him, I'd be pissed about it. I just, I know it's stupid to even think that. Why, why, why would you even care about those people? Who, just, you have a great life, just live it. Who cares? You can't make everybody happy. There's just no way everyone's going to care. But it's just, you ever you ever realize that like people just don't give a damn and it's so hard you know validation is something that was just it's so important to me and to a lot of people and people need such little validation sometimes to be happy but could you just imagine being like i'm trying to think like of a famous person if they were walking down the street and i i saw them i might not even recognize them you know, if uh, 
you know, if um, Drake was walking down the street, I would notice Drake. But some people might not even notice who that is in some countries. They might not even know who that is. They're just walking around like a regular person. I'd be like, I don't know. And I, and I kind of like, I, I ascribe that feeling I have to to narcissism. And I, again, I, I, I'm careful with saying it because I know I'm not diagnosed. And I don't want to be like that anyway. So I, I'm, I, hope I'm, I hope I'm not. You know, it sounds... To admit you have narcissistic tendencies almost is sounds arrogant in itself because of what it implies, right? Now, I wanted to get a tattoo of, uh, you know, I think his name is Narcissist. It was a, the god Narcissist who fell in love with his reflection, uh, the Greek god, and then he died looking at himself because he couldn't stare away. It's a good story. You should should look at it sometimes. I think I may have butchered butchered, butchered the name. I think it's narcissist. That's where narcissism comes from. Uh, but anyway, so those things just drive me crazy, and it's it's something I have been genuinely working on by not tweeting out boastful things I've done, not bragging about things just for the sake of bragging to be funny and to try to like be boastful because I just realized so many people just don't really care and they'd probably care more about me just being a decent person and maybe I feel like it's, it's, it's so hard. It really is. And a lot of people don't understand. Even when I tweet out things just to educate people, I, even then I feel like, oh, I'm, I'm patronizing these people. I'm trying to. I'm. I'm, try, I'm. I'm speaking. Oh, you should have seen me when I took my IQ test. I came back 134. I freaked out. Like I just instantly. I felt like. What's the stepbrothers? The step. The quote in Step Brothers. I feel like I was watching myself above myself. I was so fucking happy that I had a high IQ. Like, I don't know. But that's what I've been working on. And I think it's important. And I think these type of discussions are really important. I think I'm better for it. I think that admitting you have these feelings and admitting that you have struggles with mental illness, with with human niceness, you know, it's not in my nature always to be the kindest person and to be, you know, to be the most understanding person. But I, I have been trying recently to really overcome those things and, and do things that make me happy, like cook and, and, and talk about topics I care about, politics. Um, you know, I loved the Barstool video with a guy, he does like a, a pizza taste test every week or something. It's one of my favorite things to watch every week. And stuff like that just makes me happy. I want to do stuff like that. I don't want to take his idea, but, you know, whatever. I would like to do something like that. And I guess my brain kind of works against itself because really I just want people to like me a lot. But then there's a part of me who like just loves attention and knows that negative attention is so much easier to attain than positive attention. And I no longer seek negative attention, but I did for a long time. And I did because it was easy to grab people's attention. You know, it, it's it's back to 
and I, I don't know if we hint, if we talked about this in another episode, but I think we may have. I think we did with the whole uh, the balances or nature versus nurture. Uh, it's the whole good guy, bad guy in the movie scenario. Like, who gets more attention in Star Wars, Yoda or Darth Vader? Well, it's clearly Darth Vader, even though Yoda gets a fair amount. Can't hold the candle to Darth Vader. You know, who's a good guy in Harry Potter? Ronald Weasley, but does he get half the attention that Tom Riddle gets? Voldemort? Not even close. It's not even close. So that's just a, that's a good good example. Um, even in shows like you know, I bring though I like to use these three these three things as examples: Star Wars, Harry Potter, Thirteen Reasons Why. Because in all three of those those uh, one's a show, two are movies. But in all three of those media, what do we call them? The show and the movies. In all three of those things, I'll call it whatever. In all three of those things, there is a a, a very a very uh, finite focus on the bad guy. You know, in Star Wars, it Vader, he kind of outshines everybody. You know, even when you think of all the all the movies, all of it, Vader is so prevalent. Uh, in Harry Potter, yeah, Harry's obviously the main character, but Voldemort's just boom, he's there. Tom, the cho- um, he who shall not be named, just it's a big deal. You know, and then Thirteen Reasons Why, Bryce Walker who's obviously the villain, make no mistake, he's a bad person, tries to redeem himself the last season, kind of shows his true colors before, spoiler alert, before he dies. Um, but again, the show, even though Hannah Baker is the main character, it's it's so focused on Bryce. There's a whole season about Bryce, uh, and he's a bad guy, you know? So it, those people get a lot of attention, and... I'm sure we could talk for hours about why I crave that attention. I probably missed a lot of it growing up. Didn't have the most stable family life. Probably that's why. Uh, But I don't want to get into that in this episode because then we'll be talking for another hour. I just wanted to kind of like broad strokes address the whole mental illness thing. The working on the pseudo-narcissism that I think that I had, that I might have regardless of if, it, of if it's narcissism or not, just working on becoming a better, well-rounded person. And I didn't realize how much work it really was, but it is. It's work every single day. Like I, And I don't think that's normal, right? I think normal people who don't have mental illness, normal people who are just, it's in their nature to be really uh, good and kind and sweet and nice and uh, compassionate, they don't have that little voice that's, you know, making them want to, you know, be controversial or be, have a chip on their shoulder or be that way. They're just naturally like that. They're just, that's their personality. They are a good soul and that is what it is. But for people like me, I, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll have a go at anyone who calls me a bad person because I am not a bad person, but I am a severely flawed person who's making steps in the right direction that might be baby steps, but steps nonetheless. So that's what I got for you today, guys. Uh, you know the rules. I'm on the I'm on the beanbag chair. I'm chilling. Um, connect with me on Twitter. I uh, appreciate you guys watching. I'm going to see how this sounds without any sound in the background, any ambient sound. Uh, and 
I am going to try my my hardest to get that damn mic to work uh, and set up my laptop. I am just addicted to convenience. And I like pulling up my iPhone and laying back on my chair and just recording uh, on my phone. Until next time, thank you guys for watching. Peace out.